0: welcome to the Fantasy Rewind Podcast. I'm your co-host, Dylan Stoll, and I'm joined as always by my friend, Michael Wifford. Hello. So today, we are going to be talking about the season finale for Sandman, which is episode 10, Lost Hearts. So Lost Hearts is a title here, and we have a lot to discuss with this because aside from just being episode 10... This is, like I had mentioned, the season finale for the Sandman, with a bonus episode thrown in at the end here for episode 11 that we'll talk about on another podcast here. But for this one here, we're talking just episode 10, and then going to give kind of like a series uh, finale recap, I think, maybe uh, talk about our thoughts on the series as a whole. Uh, But before we get into any of that, let's just give out the typical reminders here, where if you want to get in contact with the show... You can do that on Twitter, at Fantasy Rewind, on Instagram, at Fantasy Rewind Pod, or send us an email, at Fantasy Rewind, or it's Fantasy Rewind Pod at gmail.com. If you want to reach out, you can get a sticker for free. Just let us know you want one. We'll send it your way. All right. So before we dive into this episode here, Mike, we made a mistake.
1: Yeah, we did, and we just talked about it at the end of the last episode. Thank you for putting up with our mistakes, and um, (laughs) I had it in my notes, but I forgot to talk about it from episode nine. Um, A really important scene. A really important scene between uh, Lita, Rose, and Morpheus, and this really starts to give Rose a little bit of bad blood in terms of Morpheus, which kind of bleeds into episode Mm ten. So... um, Gilbert, um, like in when Lita or when, uh, Gilbert's kind of talking with, uh, driving Rose to the hotel in the last episode, he's talking about how people look for so many reasons to be unhappy. And, um, as he's talking, Rose falls asleep and when she falls asleep, who does she wake kind of wake up to in the dreaming, uh, is Lita. Lena's waiting for her and it's like, Oh, you're here. Like Thanks for let coming. me show you let me show you our house. Like, this is our happy home. You know, there's been some earthquake damage, aka vortex <laughs> damage, aka you, Rose. Uh, but they go into the house, they're talking, and when you get there get in there, you just see like Hector's face and it just looks like so upset, so crestfallen, and you're like, What's happening? And then it pans out a little bit, you're like just see Morpheus just standing there. <laughs> it's like, "Oh no, this isn't going to go good." Cuz like, we just Dad talked came about home. He caught us having yeah. a party. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um and Morpheus is like, "Hey, he can't be here. He's a ghost. He needs right. to go to the place he is when he's dead." He's like, "You have created this thing that should not be here, and it's my job to put make things right because you're doing this is messing with the dreaming. You're bleeding like blending the realms, and this is the effect of the vortex, and so he sends Hector back to wherever. Who knows where, yeah. Yeah, Hector is, and Lita is overcome with grief, and Morpheus says that, hey, good news, you can keep the baby, but because he was conceived in the Dreaming, which is technically me, he's um, My kid, and I will come for him at some point, so just take care of him, okay? Be good with that? And she's just like, like no! What? Which is yeah. completely understandable, you know. Yeah. Um, one, you you've just fallen down this rabbit hole of dealing with your grief by just pretty much burying it, or like it didn't happen, you know, because mm-hmm. now Hector's alive, he's in the dream, and I can be in the dream too, so it's like nothing happened. And then you lose him again, and then but oh, when by you the get way, told
0: the, your baby,
1: oh, I'm taking your baby at some point in time. Yeah, and. You, you can understand, like, why Morpheus is doing this, because, like, uh, hello, this is obviously really messed up, and this, like he says, this is not a good way for her to deal with her grief in any way, shape, or form. mm mm-hmm. Which is, I, I mean, I'd agree with that, but at the same time, it's like, Rose even brings this up, because he's like, this dream is over, because he's like, I'm done with this conversation with Rose and, uh, um, and Lita. Lita, and, you know, Lita goes, but then Rose is like, no, it's not, cause, and you're like, whoa. She's still there. Yeah. And it's showing you how powerful she's becoming. And uh, she's just like, you don't mess with my friends or like me or mine. And you know what? Like, I'm going to deal with all this on my own. And, you know, angsty, like upset teen. And and he's she's like, this dream's over and just like wakes up. Right. Like right before Morpheus has any chance to respond
0: to her. She's like, no, I'm shutting you down. This dream is over. Boom. I'm out. Like, mic drop, full on everything. Um, And again, I think you hit the nail right in the head where, like, you talked about how it's just showing how much more powerful Rose is becoming and how much of a serious threat she's actually becoming as the Vortex.
1: And so that's why, as we get into Chapter 10 here in Lost Hearts, Corinthian is, you know, he's he's telling Rose, hey, I'm just trying to save you. Mm -hmm. Because she recognizes him as the Nightmare, right? Yes. And uh, I'm just trying to save you from my boss. And... Uh, you know, he's like, you're the Vortex, and we could work together, and you could create your own reality, and oh, by the way, he actually just wants to kill you. Did he tell you that? He's not trying to keep you safe. He just wants you dead. And it's a bit of a revelation to us, the viewers, um, because, you know, up until that point, you kind of, you didn't get that vibe from Morpheus. Right, he was always kind of protecting
0: Rose, like, helping her find her brother, and like, kind of being like that guardian angel type of role. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so this episode really splits into two parts here. You have the first part where it really focuses on Corinthian and Morpheus and kind of that interaction. And Rose is kind of sprinkled in throughout that one. Mm-hmm. But then the second half is really just Rose. Um, and so we're going to come in here and Corinthian's basically just like, hey, Rose, like, listen, you can trust me. You don't have to. It's up to you. And he makes it seem like, hey, this is all your choice, your decision. Right. I'm not trying to force I'm you. Not holding Morpheus. Morpheus wants to right Morpheus is like you have to do it this way I'm I'm the opposite I'm the good guy here. Um, mm. I just got to go downstairs and give this speech real quick and uh, he you know as he when he goes they him and her, her and Jed both fall asleep and the Corinthian is giving a speech to his collectors and inspiring them and saying how much you know how they do what they do they collect and they kill whatever. Uh, because they have this shared dream, the shared vision, and it, he makes it sound so grand and majestic, like this thing they do, which is really just disgusting and terrible. And um, yeah, it, it it really does. You start to see the you you really see the impact of Corinthians had on all these people. Mm-hmm. And uh, who's to show up here but our boy Morpheus. <laughs> Well, also not just that—not just him, yeah. Our favorite being
0: Morpheus, um, but also you see Rose and Jed who are asleep, kind of going around in in a couple different ways here.
1: Yeah, but first there's that there's that um, confrontation. That's between true. Yeah, Morpheus yeah. and Corinthian because. Morpheus goes up there and he's like, "I'm. You're done with this." And he's like, starts to like absorb him and dream. And Corinthians is like, "I'm not going willingly." It stabs him in the hand. He's like, "How? Oh, the vortex is here." By the way, Dad, yeah. I can do what I want. <laughs> um, and so then we have we have um, Rose kind of waking into these these people's dreams, uh, like not waking, but going into their dreams, and you sort of see how they're all connected.
0: It almost and, looks
1: like they're at, like, a
0: four-way intersection or something mm-hmm. with, like, a dream or, or nightmare or whatever you want to call it on each
1: side. She's in the center, yeah. Mm-hmm. Be- and because their collective dream is right there and she's in that space and their dreams are just around her, right? Right. Yeah, I, I like this fight a lot, kind of, between Dream and Corinthian, even though it wasn't, like, a kick, kick, pow, pow fight, you know? I'm glad it wasn't stab. because that doesn't really seem like Morpheus's style. No. Um, it was very much like a conversation and like a visual argument, you know, Mm -hmm. sort of like, look at what's around you. This would be there. This would be the reality. And Rose, yes, you're going to have to die because if you don't, everything, all your friends, everyone, they're all gone. Yeah, if you don't die, everyone else dies, including your brother. Yeah. And so uh, that's when Rose is like, I'm just shutting all this down. And she shuts it down. And when she does that, then Corinthians kind of without Power, so to speak, and right. She
0: basically tells Corinthian to shut up. Tells Morpheus to shut up. And is like I'm going to do this my own way,
1: and goes her own goes away. And um, and then we have Dream and Morpheus back in the auditorium, and and Dreams just you know they have a little conversation there about how you know Corinthian's trying to be like I'm I'm exactly what you made me, and mm-hmm. um, and he's like, No, you're not. <laughs> You're supposed to inspire them by being exactly what they shouldn't be. You know, inspire them to not be this way. And instead you're a depravity. You're showing that you're trying to make them just like you. And um you can tell that like Morpheus isn't like mad so so much as just like disappointed. Well, he also kind of looks at it as a personal failure as well, I feel like. He does and uh he's like i'm you know i'm are you taking me back to the dreaming corinthian asks him and he's like no <laughs> i'm just unmaking you yeah and i i really i thought that was it, it, it pretty much just play by play right there from the the comic but i like the visual visual representation including the little skull that the was little the skull
0: is what i wanted to talk to you about because i was like wait how is like his skull like a rat
1: skull size thing like it's so tiny it's just kind of like symbolic of the Corinthians like nightmare essence. Like you see kind of at mm. the end there where he's creating, I, yeah. I, that's how I always kind of took it as it's just like okay. the piece that made the Corinthian. Um, but then he kind of wakes up the, uh, the serial, uh, the collectors, if you will. And, um, I, l- I really like that he did this because, you know, prior in his like before in history he probably wouldn't have done this he would have just gotten corinthian and gone right Cause But instead corinthian he doesn't was
0: all he was concerned with but now like yeah. you said he's looking at humanity almost as like okay well if my creation did this it's kind of my duty to set
1: this right yeah and he's like you know you guys sit there and you give yourself these little daydreams to make yourselves feel okay with what you do like you have reasons for doing this like Uh, like they were saying in the last you know last episode like the one person was like God tells me who to kill and it's like no you tell yourself who to do this to Mm -hmm. and I'm gonna take that away and so you have to live with the weight of what you did you always looked at this as if you're the victim (laughs) oh no no you're not and you see like when he does take that away what do they do some people just weep they in weep they kill themselves so they turn mm-hmm. themselves
0: in yeah and like you see everyone just like kind of realizing yeah i kind of suck <laughs> to put it lightly yeah um and they they all have different ways of coping with that
1: yeah i don't feel sorry for any of i i don't either i felt like it Characters was it was a just, great
0: little just desserts throw.
1: mm-hmm But anyway, this is Jed. I feel like at this point, Jed and Rose are really reunited. You know, they're driving back in the car. Lita's calling him, I'm going into labor. Uh, And, which is so exciting. Like, I was like, oh, you didn't even guess that Jed was there and you didn't even bring that up? That's (laughs) kind (laughs) of weird. But anyway, uh, so they meet him, kind of, you know, meet him at the hospital. And, you know, Lita calls Rose in and Rose is, you know, Rose is called Unity and like, Hey, something might happen to me. You know, uh, if if something were to happen to me, what would you do with Jed? Would you take care of Jed? And she's like, "Yes, absolutely, I would." She's like, "I fixed everything with the lawyer. Everything's good. So you guys are gonna come live with me." And um, and it was very sweet, uh, very uh, was yeah, a little bit of a tear 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 jerking uh, moment there for me. But we had a uh, Lita calling Rose in to talk to her, and you know, Rose is telling her what's gonna happen and. I thought Lita's response was really interesting because I really I felt like it was as much about preserving her baby as keeping Rose alive because she's just telling her to kill Morpheus. Yeah, she's like, "Do what, do it, kill him, kill him. He he killed Hector. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Which is
0: you know, I mean, I understand because like again, this is a woman who is going through grief has mm-hmm. never dealt with the grief of losing her husband the first time just lost now him again. yeah she just lost him a second time while she was pregnant and so you have all these conflicting emotions of being happy for the baby being vengeful and like hateful towards morpheus and again just feeling loss upon loss by losing your husband twice so of course lita's gonna want morpheus dead
1: Oh, and then on top of that, he's going to come for my baby, apparently, and if she fixated on her dead husband like she oh, did, yeah. then you better believe she's going to probably fixate on this baby, right? hmm You know what I'm saying? But anyway, uh, we have a nice little recap there, kind of, where it's like flashback scenes of what's happening, and um, because Rose is kind of going into the dreaming, and sort of, it, it's tying everything together, really, is what it is about the Vortex, uh, I thought because she goes into the dreaming and she goes into Hale's dreams and uh, every, all of her, all of the people there uh, around her dreams and <laughs> which I thought were really, really good. Um, Hale's performance, fantastic, as always. We had Martin Ten Bones show up again. Uh, we had Ken, who was actually cheating on Barbie and the dreams. Fantasizing
0: about cheating on Barbie with the receptionist.
1: Yes. And uh, that obviously ends up impacting the, their real life relationship later on. But they have the. Um, um, it was almost hard to tell. It almost seemed like a dream. Like a dream within a dream where the vortex was sucking all their dreams into one thing, right? Yeah. And then she was kind of like, like, I kind of waking up and Morpheus was there. It was almost like. I felt like it was almost like Morpheus making her realize, like, hey, this is what you. Can do to people, and I can still fix this at this point. But you're gonna have to go. Mm. And this is a a beautiful scene where we actually get to s- meet Fiddler's Green. Uh, Gilbert shows up to s- to offer his self in exchange for Rose Walker, and he's politely uh, <laughs> said he can't. Yeah, and he just accepts. Like he's like, okay, well, I tried. Um, I'm gonna go back to being, uh, you know, a big a- beautiful field. <laughs> Well, lush field and forest and just, you know, beauty really. Um, and this is where we get the big reveal in just a few minutes because Unity shows up in the library because she's dreaming. And uh, she's talking with Lucian and talking about what her life would have been like and and then you, you can kind of tell it's going to play into something and then when um, Dream is talking with Rose and you know, he's like making her realize like, hey, like <laughs> if you don't go, it's going to have terrible consequences, and she seems to be on board. Yeah, she comes to terms with the fact that she's going to have to die. Yeah. And then Lucian shows up and is like, no, wait, my lord. And Unity comes forward and is like uh, talking about how she was supposed to be the Vortex, and they discovered that in the library and that um, you know things changed because the man with golden eyes and her being asleep and and it was so funny the man with golden eyes you get your your answer on who that was was it surprising so yeah i was uh i was a little surprised that it was desire
0: because i i don't know if I what i was expecting but i kind of was like where is like all this desire stuff leading to and then when like it shows desire there with the golden with their golden eyes i was like hey that makes perfect sense it's a. Uh, it's a good tie together for everything we've been seeing all season
1: long so far. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I thought this was really interesting too. Like when, um, you know, when Unity is like, hey, like, take me instead. Um, and Rose, just pull out that thing that makes you the vortex and give it to me. And she pulls it out and it's the heart. Right. And it's the same heart that is the sigil of desire.
0: desire. Yeah. Desire's sigil showing that. Desire's been uh, been one of the people involved in all of this, or
1: one of the the big bads, almost if you want to call it that. Yeah. So Unity ends up sacrificing herself for Rose, and um, it's a really yeah. sad moment too, though, because I yes. just got a feel for Unity that she had her whole
0: life taken from her by the sleeping sickness. Well, and the endless. And, yeah, and the endless. And then, like, on top of like her whole whole like childhood or whole prime of her life taken by sleeping she wakes up lives a few months and then basically has the rest of her life taken away by the endless so it's it's one of those things where she just got a raw deal <laughs> yeah I feel bad she for did. unity but at the same time you got to you got to thank unity for stepping up and doing a very noble thing at the end there to sacrifice herself
1: for rose And because she did that, um, Morpheus did not take any endless blood, Mm -hmm. which was just a little detail that might be important or not later on, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I was actually very curious as to what would happen if Morpheus killed another endless or like an offspring of an endless. And so I'm sure that could that's probably going to play out later on in the series. But, you know. I was like connected. Yeah, right. Marvel's everything is connected claim there. Um but uh just thinking about how that leaves the door wide open for season 2 of Sandman if it does happen.
1: Oh yeah, speaking of Oh yeah, very emotional part here. Well, yeah. Before we go to switch there, yeah, uh, we had a very emotional part. This is actually the scene that made me cry. Honestly, Uh, was when uh, Morpheus was messing around with a new nightmare or dream that Lucian inquires about, and you know he apologizes to Lucian and says, you know, um, kind of goes back on his whole like I need to do everything sort of bit. It shows he's changed. Like I don't need to be self reliant. I have you. I have other members of the Dreaming that, you know, will help me. And I can I can lean on you guys to help me. Um, I know we have another piece here, too, where he goes to see Desire, which I thought was an epic scene. Uh, <laughs> so we got a lot here. But a lot still to unpack. I, this scene where he she's like, oh, are you working on a new nightmare? And he's like, no, I'm working on a dream. You want to say hello? And it's got And yeah. she has beautiful wings. and got the butterfly. Which just... I was just like smiling from ear to ear and just like tears going up my cheek <laughs> uh, because I was just like, oh my gosh, that's just so beautiful. Because you could see the joy on her face from this, and you know what what made you change? And it's like you could tell like the development that they build to from episode one all the way to now, just everything sort of coming together, like the realization about how people can change and that. You know, it isn't your fault that, like, you know, I messed up, or I wasn't here, and, like, his, just his development as a character is starting to have ripple effects on the other members of the Dreaming. Did you have anything you wanted to add about that before we talked about Desire?
0: No, no, I thought that was good. I I enjoyed that scene. I thought it was a good little payoff there um, to see got get what they needed, and uh, what they asked for, and just, like, the change in Morpheus again, like, You've seen constant growth with him, and that's something that's been good to see. Like,
1: just as, so rewarding. as far
0: as like storytelling, though, like seeing the character, the main character, progress and change throughout the series, it's what you want to see in a good story. And oh, yeah. we get that here,
1: definitely. Uh, and then we kind of have him calling on Desire with her sigil, and uh, that happened actually before this, but it doesn't matter. But uh, I love this scene because Desire, like. Their actress was so good. Just like, oh, come in, Morpheus. Just like in their little cat outfit, just right. like was, hanging out. I was like, like mm-hmm. okay, designer, <laughs> look at you, go. <laughs> yeah. And like, Morpheus is just basically like, don't mess with me or mine again. And the whole hair grab and pull back and like looking. I was like, oh. I've seen so many <laughs> things about
0: that. And I know. It's been like- <laughs> so fierce. <laughs>
1: Uh, it was really, it was really good. And then him walking out and then she's like, or they're like, um, next time. They're of like, course, yeah, be yeah, next, next time. time. Next time. Uh, oh, I really got under your skin this time. Next time I'll draw blood. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. So good. <laughs> but that is not the end of the episode, even though you thought it would have been. It is not. It could have been. But instead they give a little tease for, for what's up ahead in the Sandman journey here. And for that, we go back to hell. Yes. And apparently we we meet one of the generals, which is one of the ones we saw in the comic. Um, We didn't get to meet the first time. But they're uh, talking to Lucifer and saying that they need to do something like the demons and, you know, everyone's getting antsy and they want action. And even though they're not permitted to leave hell, they could expand its borders. And Lucifer says has a devastating plan. That's going to make everyone, everyone upset from God to Morpheus to everyone. And it just looks so delicious, uh, as Andy from The Office would say. Yeah,
0: uh, I mean, the the conversation that Lucifer was having with Azazel, um, it basically was hinting at, hey, we need to go get revenge on Dream. And by the way, while we're at it, let's get revenge on God. Oh, and by the way, while we're at it, let's just take over everything.
1: So. Interesting. So you you <laughs> think that then they're there because it didn't say what Lucifer's plan was it just said that they wanted to, you know, make everyone upset. So I was going to ask you, what do you think the plan is? So I think there's going to be
0: a little bit of a hell on earth situation, Where you're going to see Lucifer, you know, kind of encompass Earth itself within Hell. Mm. And what that will do is that will take dreamers away from dreams' realm. um, Because as we saw with Hector, dead people or people that are like meant to be in the afterlife, they don't dream. They're not supposed to dream. So if Lucifer is like mine and pulls them in, there'll be less people to dream to populate dream's realm and that could in turn weaken dream i'm i'm kind of hypothesizing now that's what i'm kind of doing that's fair and uh that also would make god a little upset as well because lucifer is like claiming souls for themselves as opposed to like letting judgment pass and
1: carry out interesting okay so i'm hoping we get a season two because when we think about this season series as a whole like these episodes one through ten We'll get to episode 11 last time. Love it. Um, so good. It, it it was just fantastic, right? It, yeah. They really just knocked this out of the park. Everything was so satisfying. The character development was just on point. I think that was its one, is, one of the strongest things for the series.
0: Oh, yeah. I 100% agree with you. I thought the acting throughout the series, oh, yeah. everyone Visually, did a great job. Gadgets. Visually stunning, of course. And I mean great character development and character growth like i had mentioned a little bit earlier here like definitely probably my favorite fantasy adaptation as far as a tv series goes in a long time
1: i think um it'd be really neat for us at the end of this year since we have so many fantasy series to talk about to kind of go through and rank them like the stuff we got into. I think that'd be yeah, really we, great. we can do that. We can do that.
0: I think we should definitely do them though. Like based on medium, hmm. you know what I mean? Like comparing shows to shows and oh, yeah, yeah. movies Absolutely. to movies yeah. and Absolutely. yeah.
1: But yeah, I think overall Sandman was a fantastic romp. Well worth the watch. Definitely and, a success. Uh, one I w- am so excited to revisit and hopefully we'll get a season two. Uh that would be fabulous. So what that means is that we need all
0: of you out there who have watched Sandman to go and tell like at least three more people about Sandman that you haven't told before or well, and or follow up with everyone you have told to make sure they actually watch the series because more views is is a good thing, and we want this series to have another season because it is expensive to make. and Neil Gaiman you know, he's been very honest with the fandom about that from the get go. And so we just need to do what we can do to make sure season two happens. All right. But with all of that said, uh, we hope that you all have enjoyed our Sandman coverage. Uh, like Mike said, we have one more bonus episode left to talk about for Sandman episode 11 here. Um, but this is going to be it for the main season here. So this is going to be two nerds signing off. See ya. Bye.